We're talking technicals now on Money Life, and I'm joined by Zach Johnson, Chief Investment Officer at Stack Financial Management. And, well, the firm is sister to Investec Research, which publishes the Investec newsletter. If you want to learn more about both firms and the newsletter, go to stackfinancialmanagement.com. Stack, spelled just how you'd expect it to sound. Zach Johnson, thanks for joining me again on Money Life. Yeah, good to be back, Chuck. Money Life guests appear via the GameBridge hotline. GameBridge helps you take control of your financial future. Self-manage your annuity investments from purchase to payout via GameBridge's easy-to-use online portal at GameBridge.life. Gain access, gain control, GameBridge. Zach, these are market conditions that, well, hey, it was only like a week and a half ago. We were watching things fall off at the end of November. We were hearing people saying Santa Claus isn't coming and a whole bunch of other stuff. And then quick little rally like Omicron. Oh, my God. Now, oh, I'm not thinking it's a big deal anymore. That's how the market has reacted. But with the technicals where they are and the market back near record highs, is the next move likely to be up or down? Well, as you know, Chuck, there there are a couple different facets to technical analysis. You just kind of touched on one. You know, the first is looking at price action and, and drawing a different types of conclusions from those individual movements. And the second is looking behind that price action and analyzing data points such as breadth and downside leadership to really get a true assessment of the strength and, and also of investor sentiment as a whole. And as you just stated, from a price action standpoint, after a really strong October, you know, a lot of the indexes saw some volatility in mid to late November. And the selling pressure was largely concentrated in growth-oriented names and, quite frankly, what we would deem as the most speculative segments of the market. But over the last couple of weeks, a lot of that weakness has largely been reversed. And we've seen a pretty strong rebound, and the S&P 500 is, is once again pushing up against all-time highs. But if we look behind that price action itself, we, we do see some really interesting information. And from a technical standpoint, there really was quite a bit of damage that took place. And so I'm, I'm going to start off first talking about breadth. And breadth, of course, is just a measurement of how many stocks are participating in a given move. And it can also be a good measure of investor sentiment, as I stated before. And breadth took yet another move lower during this sell-off. And quite frankly, even during this corresponding rebound, breadth has really continued to be pretty weak overall. And in fact, one of the most concerning things that we've been watching for quite some time now is breadth has been in a consistent downward trend since the middle of this year. So you go all the way back, I believe June 11th is kind of the the peak in, in one of the indicators that we utilize to analyze market breadth. And it's been in a consistent downtrend all the way through and including the selling and corresponding rebound that we just experienced. Now, the second indicator is, is you mentioned Invest Tech Research, which is a sister firm of ours, and they created something called the Canary Index. And this index is comprised of some of the hottest, most speculative and overvalued stocks that really are indicative of a speculative bubble-like behavior that we've experienced. And asset bubbles have historically unwound in, in stages. And this index really is designed to provide that early warning sign that conditions are beginning to turn. Investor sentiment is starting to shift to the negative. Of course, it's, it's referencing a canary in a coal mine that miners used to, to use to warn of, of dangerous gases. Mm-hmm. 
Since its highs in early 2021, this index is down over 33%. Furthermore, a drop of about 10% from here, which quite frankly, this thing moves quite quickly. So a 10% move could be two days. And that index will break its near-term support levels. And below that, it's a pretty hefty move downward. So for us, we're really seeing some indication that speculation, although early and not completely rolling over, is really pushing up downward against some of these levels that can be can be a bad sign. What we're saying here is there's a lot of potential negatives out there, but the market itself, well, it teaches lessons to those who doubt it for a long time. So where are you with those negatives? Where are you positioning portfolios? Because on the one hand, yeah, you're going to want to avoid the pain. And on the other hand, you don't necessarily want to sit until you watch it happen because you could miss out on a lot. Agreed. I completely agree with that. And, and you know, there's when we look behind the technicals, we're looking at a fundamental reason for this noticeable shift, and it all comes back to the Fed. And, and we've long stated that we continue to believe or have believed for quite some time that this is the most interest rate sensitive market in history. And of course, that means this is the most Fed dependent market in history. So we're, we're still obviously early in what would be deemed as a Fed tightening cycle. We haven't even reached a point where, where they're actually tightening. They're just beginning the tapering pop process of their balance sheet. But it's really clear that inflationary pressures have been stronger and more long-lasting than they thought they would be, and this has caused a definitive shift in the tone. And historically, a Fed tightening cycle required a couple different rate hikes at least before the market would react in some sort of adverse way. But we're questioning and wondering if even just the idea of tapering more or even just any type of rate normalization could really lead to a stronger reaction. So going back to your core question, how do you position your portfolio? And we're really, we've been carefully balancing the combination of an inflation outlook that we continue to believe is going to be stronger and longer lasting with the overall high risk environment that we see. So that kind of, it, it creates a unique barbell type structure. Um, so for on one side, you get inflation beneficiaries. This could include the energy sector. Um, the energy sector overall has, has been under CapEx, under focused on overall. And you've got a lot of names that have rebuilt their balance sheets to be a much more attractive, even a lower oil price environment. And we feel like there's some good opportunity there. And then on the inverse side is have a defensive segment of your portfolio. So both staples in healthcare, but most importantly, at the stock level, you really have to focus on balance sheet quality and companies that have the ability to price on or pass on cost through really strong pricing power. We're reaching, it's been a long time since we've experienced a decent inflationary environment and it requires a completely different mindset. And that's what we're really positioning portfolios for. Oh, I wish I could have follow-up questions and more because that would be a great discussion. But I'm out of time, so we'll find out where you're positioned the next time we have you back. Until then, Zach, have a happy holiday. We'll talk to you again in 2022. Yes, you as well. Thank you. That's Zach Johnson, the Chief Investment Officer at Stack Financial Management. Stackfinancialmanagement.com for more information. Up next, we're talking to Doug Ramsey from the Luthold Group. You know, the guys behind the Green Book. Some really interesting observations on the market when the big interview comes up next.